Welcome to the Inside Events Podcast, brought to you by SwapCard. There's no better time to have exclusive conversations with the industry professionals who are reshaping the events industry. We're bringing you inside knowledge from industry leaders. Let's get started with your host, Megan Powers. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inside Events Podcast by SwapCard. This is episode 12. We're at a dozen, which is pretty exciting. And at a year, this has been a year since we've been doing this podcast and we really hope that everyone's gotten some value. Um, we definitely, the last few episodes have been very timely and uh, very much needed content for a lot of people about uh, the, the COVID crisis and, and going online. And so today we're gonna talk about a, a basically a case study of an actual online event that uh, my guests did together in collaboration. And um, I first wanna say I am your host, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. Uh, my company provides strategy, execution, training and organizations that wanna improve their brand and grow their visibility, leads and hopefully sales. If you have any feedback for us, please be sure to hit us up on our Twitter. It's at the event profs. So give us feedback, uh, requests for topics for shows. Um, we love the, the input. Okay, my guests today are Damien Corbon and Isai Simonet. Uh, and Damien is with SwapCard. He is the co-founder and COO of SwapCard. And Isai is the co-founder and CTO at ePeak Studio. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Very well. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Megan. And Glad to be with both of you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, and I just was having a conversation with Damien. So I'll share this is his, this will be his last video with this epic beard he has going yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. You can't see it, but it is epic and you must go check out the video on YouTube. <laughs> we have a podcast playlist on there um, for the show. So, all right, I'm going to read their bios and then we will dig in about some real life experience through this going on this online experience world. Okay, Isai, his favorite motto is everything is a service, service is everything. He's a seasoned entrepreneur with a solid technical background, passionate about new technology. He spent over a decade creating solutions for video production and live streaming. His entrepreneurship journey is a relentless mission to solve challenges within the event live and broadcast and technology industries. His expertise ranges from hardware products designed to support innovation in the PC industry to services to bring the event industry to the next level. ePeak Studio, a content powerhouse with over 10 years of experience in video production, live streaming, and global event management is where uh, he hangs one of his hats and we will, um, that's what we're gonna talk with him about today. All right, and Damien is, as I said, co-founder and uh, COO of SwapCard. SwapCard's an event management app, helping B2B event organizers increase interactions and encounters with their audience and leverage the power of data to improve their events. They launched in 2014 and now operate in four countries and work with industry leaders such as Informa, Clarion, GL Event, Comexposium, and Dubai World Trade Center. He's based in Paris with his family of three, soon four. That's exciting, but is lucky enough to often travel the world when it's allowed, right? And he's an entrepreneur at heart and passionate about events and tech. Congratulations, Damien. That's fun. I love it. I became an aunt for the 21st time this week. So Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> it's an interesting world to be born into, no? 
<laughs> it's a, but a light among all of the craziness, right? So um, I love it. All right, so Damien, I wanna start with you. So I understand you had, an, a, you had a virtual element in the pipeline for your development to be added into the app, but this kind of, the COVID situation accelerated that, right? Um, so yeah, to be completely honest, it was it was new to us because before COVID, we never worked with any online events. And when all our clients were facing like the, let's say, dilemma or either you cancel or either you go online, we had to adapt. So it was, let's say, an opportunity we had to take. And of course, we, had to, we took it. Right, of course. So uh, do you know how many development hours went into being show ready? And, and what's the biggest lesson that you learned through that process? Um, like you mean the, number, the time we spent to adapt the product to yeah. virtual events? Oh, honestly, I cannot say it because okay. it's not ended yet. Like it's, uh, you know, <laughs> well, continuous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we try to, to move as fast as possible. And the first online event we worked with was end of March, but honestly, to be honest, it was pretty basic at that time. Basically, simply including videos a bit everywhere we could for live streaming, for video calls. But uh, since that, we've been implement implementing a lot of other, either it's not only about features, but also about changing and improving the whole user experience. And it's definitely, not finished yet we still have a lot to do yeah well that's the thing with software there's never an end um, exactly. but you did get to a point where you were able to have a successful online experience um, for your participants so okay yeah, it was it was kind of uh, like organizing our own event was a way to learn about it but it was also kind of a way to set a deadline you know to have uh, okay we must be as ready as possible for our own event. So it was kind of nice for the team to watch this. Uh, and you got an extra couple of weeks, right? Because uh, because the change of date. So um, that, yeah. that probably helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So Issei, let's, let's start with the timeline um, with you for Evolve was the name of the conference. Uh, if you listen to the episode just before this one, episode 11, uh, it was my online, my session that I um, did with the two guests. Um, so be sure to check that out if you haven't yet. So at what point did you get brought into the project and how much time was it between that and being ready? Um, and talk a little bit about the importance of approaching planning differently for an online event versus an in-person. Actually, that's a lot of question in, in the know, same sentences. I, know, a lot. Uh, I, I will try to disconstruct, <laughs> disconstruct them and address them one by one. So in terms of timeline, and only if that was just a few weeks ago that's, that we delivered on, on Evolve uh, with Swapcard, uh, the first contact that was made between APIC and Swapcard was because we were looking for platforms for our own clients oh, okay. that needed to move from uh, in-person to digital only. Uh, so that's through our market research uh, process that we actually find out the people at Swapcard and it clicked very well from the first contact that we had so we figured out the platform was quite interesting uh, the presentation that we had were quite um, quite promising as well with what was planned in the pipeline and very quickly we saw that one of the missing parts will be on the video side you can pre-record but you need to have someone to take care of the videos to be there so Swapcard is an awesome tool and we use it with our clients as well. And we saw where that content part could be. And this is where we see that most of the AV companies were not able to deliver 
uh, this is where we saw that something that we were actually already doing for some of our clients, uh, doing remote shows with bringing remote guests uh, for a live show with videos and so on, not just pre-recorded. And the discussion came like, hey, we have this Evolve um, event coming up in like three, I think it was like three weeks at the time. And we started oh, okay. talking. Or like, yeah, that's cool. Sure. Uh, anything we could help you with? Like, no, what's the plan of the events? Like, yeah. We're thinking of doing that. And so it's like, hey, you know, guys, we could help you out for you know, doing the live shows. And you know, this, is, this is how we work. This is what we provide. And for us, as I say, it was not new to do remote live shows. So we know exactly already how to do it. So it was very quick. And hey, do you, want, do you want to partner up? Do you want to make things together for that? And the guys at Swapcard, um, I, have to give, I have to give a shout out to Walid for that. Uh, but uh, Damien and all your team, um, were awesome in saying like, yeah, sure, let's go on board, let's do that, let's do that together. What do we need? And then, by the time it was that, it was like two weeks before. So, don't take that as a good guideline to do remote <laughs> right, events. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 be clear right, right. away. Uh, two weeks to prepare an online event is insane. Right. Okay, it's 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 definitely insane to do. Uh, the, the team at Swapcard uh, was awesome in the support. Uh, our team here at Epic Studio was awesome in the support as well in bringing everyone on board. Um, but technically, yes, if timeline-wise, uh, three weeks before, three, three four weeks uh, for the first discussion, first contact, and then two weeks and say, okay, let's do it. And that's, that was like two intense, very intense weeks. Yeah. Yeah, to give a bit like more background on the timeline. So... Uh, I think the idea of Evolve came something like 45 days before the event. And it was kind of, uh, you know, it was at the time where the lockdown was starting in France. Everything was completely uh, like um, all our clients were impacted. And some people within the team uh, decided to do that on their own, which was incredibly like uh, great. And then, you know, they started discussing about it. We've never organized an event before, so not an online event, of course. And so we thought it would be a great idea and we decided to move forward. And to be very honest, uh, because everything was so new to us, we did the same very basic mistake of saying, okay, we let's keep it simple. And we didn't even look for a production team, which is a huge mistake, but I think, um it's a mistake like a kind of common mistake sadly and we have been very very lucky uh, to be in touch with uh, epic uh, because it definitely had such a great impact on the event so, so yeah. yeah awesome yeah and and um i mean seamless anyone who was at in their home office uh, you know participating wouldn't know any of that right so that's that's awesome all right, so I, I asked Damien to share some stats with me, and so I'm going to share those. Uh, there were four, more than 4,000 registrations. There were more than 3,000 attendees, which that, about 75%. That's a really high percent to show up. I love that. Um, 15 plus hours of content, um, which I think is, is good because more than that is like too much. I think it was just the right amount. 30 plus speakers. Average rating of 4.2 out of 5. Uh, my session got 5 out of 5, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> 96% 96 of the attendees said they learned new things. There were 10,000 
more than 10,000 conversations and 61% said they will stay in touch with their new contacts. That's awesome. And I know I had, um, I had one meeting just a few days after with someone who it was funny cause he's, he didn't even know why he just, he just liked what, what our session was about and what I had to say and just wanted to like talk more. Um, so, uh, some, you know, something may come out of that down the line, but, um, but that's what happens when you I create an environment where people can chat with each other and that there's other elements to it versus just talking heads. Um, so I love that. Okay. So what, what surprised you the most Damien about those numbers? So we were definitely not expecting that many people registering. We we're aiming at gathering 1,000 attendees. Um, and so we've been a bit kind of, uh, you know, surprised. But, uh, but I think, of course, it was also the right topic at the right moment. Every, like the industry was really active in looking for information. So, of course, that helped a lot. But uh, being able to gather that many people with such a short time frame without being able to promote that much event was was very surprising. And um, and then in terms of interactions, uh, I won't say it was a big surprise because we know that the industry, when you have like hard times coming, you usually show solidarity and you know like uh, it's something we've we've saw we've seen on many other events or associations within the industry so we were expecting people to to interact a lot but we were just not expecting that many of them right i love it that's amazing well and then there were at the start of my session there were like 600 people um on there and i don't know how many were there at the close but a lot stayed throughout um which is pretty amazing also amazing how many of that there were that many, but not as many interacted in the chat. Um, of course, that caddy 600 people, it's kind of, anyway, that could be a totally probably other um, topic and show. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Issei, how much uh, of what we saw in terms of the interface was you and how much was SwapCard? Can you talk about having a production team, um, you know, on the back end, um, how that worked? Sure, no problem. The uh, the way it works. So let's let's start with what is see, see, see what can people see actually? What can attendees see? So the whole swap card interface, that swap card, where we get in as Epic Studio is for the live player. So basically, the video that is being played live. Okay. Uh, as it's being played live, you can have pre-recorded content, which is pre-recorded upfront, and then. Um, published at a specific time to be live for that specific session time. Um, but we took care at Epic Studio with our production team to make sure that the show that was being going through the days, so that was three days of live show. It's like three days of TV production, basically. And we were behind to make sure that what is visible to the attendees is as clean as possible, as good as possible. Uh, we keep in mind that we were all... Uh, pretty much, well, I, I would say, except part of the U.S., but everyone was under a full national lockdown at the time that we uh, that we had that. Uh, we had to work with what was available as well. I think we will talk about that later in the podcast for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for us, it was everything that we were doing 
is basically this small square on top of the uh, swap card interface and the swap okay. card uh, platform where we deliver that part of the content while all swap card is do is taking care is delivering the interaction delivering the networking system and and all that around so you know it's the mix between the tools and the content uh, that fit very well together right nice yeah and as a speaker i had him in my ear telling me if there was anything I needed to know. So there were, and we'll talk more, of course, about like all the, the P, well, let's just talk about it now. You, you used um, Skype. So, so yeah, so how it works in the background is, is very simple. Uh, to do a, the, the main requirement, to do a production grade show or live show you can't just use a conferencing system uh the most common ones are zoom go to meetings uh go to webinars all these tools they are great for video conferencing recording postcards and so on that's awesome but when you want to do a purpose-built tv show or purpose-built content delivery for a live show a lot of restriction comes into play the first one is you need to use specific tools that will allow you to get the video and the audio from the from the attendees into your production systems. Uh, on the TV sides, uh, technically traditional AV companies, audio video companies will use uh, huge pieces of hardware, uh, huge pieces of racks, that's a lot of equipment. Obviously we cannot use that anymore in the remote uh, production. And then we need to have something that it is easy enough for the, ad, for the speakers to actually join. Uh, so something that they have, something that works on their computer, no specific hardware. Uh, keep in mind that at the time we're doing that, everyone was on lockdown. You could not deliver anything from Amazon. So that was a very challenging time. Uh, so we have to work with what is available. Uh, there is a lot of solutions on the markets that provide purpose-built systems. Uh, but one of the easiest is usually to rely on Skype. Um, that Pretty much everyone had a Skype account at some point, so no, that's very easy to get everyone in there. There are other solutions uh, on the markets, and there are other solutions being developed. We're actually developing at Epic Studio a solution, internal solution for that. By the way, that's the first time we actually announced that publicly. We are working on something to solve the challenges that remote producers have. Um, if you want to have any information or you know, be part of the project, you can reach out to, uh, to myself. I'm pretty sure there's going to be uh, information there or on epic.com, epicstudio.com. Um, the reason why uh, it's done this way is because there's no other way around. If you want to have the quality and to have the uh, reliability, you need to use something that already exists today. So, for example, as a speaker, you, you can get on Skype and then we can get the video feed from you, then push that into the production system, make sure that it's all aligned correctly, it looks good, the sound is as best as we can with what is available. Hopefully right. you had one of the best microphone of the conference, so I would not complain about that. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, how you look good, how you sound good, uh, making sure that everything is set up. And this is just on the tech side. There's a lot of training that goes up front as well. Right, right. Okay, yeah, and we'll talk a little bit um, about that because I, I have a question um, on, on that in terms of prep. Um, so Damien, you, you, your team opted for a mix of recorded and live video. So can you talk about how you decided on the progression of the event? Like what, what sessions went on what days and, 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 you know, cause I, I think you were methodical about it and then which, which would be, which, like, which would be live, which would be recorded and how you determine the flow of things. Yeah, it was actually something we were thinking a lot before. We didn't know if there was going to have a huge impact 
uh, if you do a live or recorded session. And we were thinking, okay, we should do both and we learn from it. <laughs> but um, we, something that was very important for us is the ability uh, of the audience to be able to interact with speakers. So if we discuss with um, speakers saying, I think I will do a recorded session, we were asking them to be present during the uh, live just to, to be able to answer to the Q&A. And what happened at the end, it was that longer sessions were live and shorter version, most of them were recorded. Not all of them, but some of them. And I think it's, so a big challenge for online events is to keep the uh, attendees engaged because it's so easy, you know, to just go on another website. Do dishes. Too late. We yeah. lost you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually something that, um, Isaiah was saying, so the production work sounds like, okay, we're just taking care of that, you know, square where the live is, is done. But actually, if you think of an online event, the content is key. But if you have a great content with a poor quality, people won't make too much effort staying, trying to understand, no, they will leave. Okay. So it's actually so important. And, um, and yeah, if you think recorded or live sessions, I cannot really say why, I don't have a rational explanation of that, but it sounds like for a long session, a live um, talk would be a bit more interactive than a recorded one. For a short one, it doesn't really matter, and it's actually maybe even easier to manage with a pre-record one. Yeah, I attended one in April that was, uh, the sessions were all pre-recorded, but yeah, the speaker was in the chat and that I thought was super cool because you, you're not going to, you got to ask them a question while they were presenting, whereas normally you're not able to do that. You're not going to like interrupt a speaker. So um, I think it, it makes for a good blend. Um, so I, I, I was glad that, that the, because at first I was like, is this recorded? Oh, this is recorded. Um, it was nice to see the person that was speaking yeah, actually, in the chat. You, you don't. You don't really have to say it when it's recorded. Some people won't even notice, uh, but you don't have to. I think if you say it, uh, people will tend to think, okay, I don't have to connect to that precise time. I can watch it later. So it's better to make it as it's live, which we, yeah, I don't know. This, uh, is, actually, this is actually a very valid point that you have, Damien, here. Um, I can give you a little bit of insight on recorded yeah. versus live. That'd be great. Uh, usually pre-recorded segments are shorter segments, five, 10, 15 minutes. That's the easiest for the production side. That's the easiest for the guests. They are not stressed out. Keep in mind, every time you go on a live session, you need to be there half an hour before to make sure that everything works. So if you have a 15 minutes, you need to be there half an hour before, which is twice the time of your own sessions. So that's, that's one of the challenge on the production logistics side. Now, in terms of interaction with the end users, usually if your presentation doesn't require interaction from the audience directly inside your talk, it's not mandatory to have that live. It's, it's nice, of course, but it's not mandatory. If you have a Q&A section specifically dedicated to that, then this one needs to be live, but you can have a pre-recorded session. We have clients, for example, that recorded their 45 minute sessions and they had an extra 25 minutes of Q&A, which was live. So yes, uh, and as Damien said, you. You're, it's not mandatory to say if it's uh, pre-recorded. It's 
it depends on the platform that you use, but if you use Swap Card and it's internal event, there's no need for saying it. People will figure it out at some point, especially if I'm talking and I'm actually answering on the chat at the same time. Like obviously that was pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, um, the the decisions to be live or not would come to what is the content you are communicating? Is it time sensitive? Is it interaction sensitive? Is it something that is you record today and publish in one week, that's still going to be true. If you talk about news, you can't have that pre-recorded because the right. news change every day. Right. Right. Which is why we're not, we don't have a news element to the show right now. We used to have start out with news, but all the news, it's changing so fast. And plus it's all about the same topic. So it's like, yeah. Um, okay, cool. All right, so my next question is uh, for you, Issei. Uh, you had tech checks, technical checks with the speakers. Is there a reason that you just, and I, I don't wanna lead the way, I'm just gonna ask the question. Is there a reason you didn't do an actual rehearsal with the people that were gonna be on together versus just making sure that their gear was good and their, you know, all that kind of stuff? Talk about that a little bit. That's a very good uh, question as well. The, let's first take, what is a tech check? So tech check is the short name that we use at Epic Studio for technical checks. This is to make sure uh, that everyone gets on the live show with the right sound, the right camera, the right lights at the right time. So this is a pure technical check that we do upfront of any live shows. And honestly, it's mandatory because when you are on stage in an in-person event, you have an audio person, a video person, a cameraman, someone in the green room to direct all that, to take, to take care of that for you as a speaker. Your performance as a speaker in person is to go on stage and deliver your content. When you're doing full digital, the person checking the sound, the person checking the video, the person checking the lights, the person checking that you have the glass of water is yourself. So you can't train everyone to have this full-on background. I mean, even for us that we have been doing that for, so, for years, it took us years to actually master that whole process and that whole system. So the tech check is basically where we validate all those pre-requirements. If those requirements don't fit, that person cannot go live. If the microphone doesn't work, if the internet connection is not good enough, you need a backup solutions or that's not gonna happen. There's, there's no way around it. Uh, now, the reason for the no rehearsal, uh, the main reason is time, because <laughs> I remember, I, I, no, just keep in mind that it was a few weeks, actually a couple of weeks to organize all that. Uh, that was uh, pulled out by all the teams. That was great, but it's stressful. Right. Uh, the second part is the time of availability by the speakers. It's, if we want to do rehearsal for three days of live shows, we will need a full complete day for that right. with everyone fully available for that, which is not possible. It's not possible, especially at the time that Evolve was running. That right. even was running when everyone was on home and was trying to, to readapt to the new normal. So it was impossible to do that. When you do in-person event, people are there. They have no choice. That's the only thing that they have to do. That right. and drink coffee and network. Right. right. So you can't really do rehearsal. We do rehearsal with some clients that, for example, do keynotes, uh, do specific product release, product announcement, something that is very important, then we can do that. And I say very important in a way that this can impact the whole company revenues. Um, now, getting everyone on board is the key. 
And that's why we, so the onboarding and the tech check are very similar. Onboarding is where, that's what we did with you actually, Megan, like making sure that you, you sound good, which was not a problem, uh, look good, which was not a problem, uh, good internet, which was not a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, you were one of the easiest to do um, because you had all the gears because you record the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, so the technical check and the onboarding are key preparation process, especially in a digital event, uh, virtual or digital event. We use the two words interchangeably. Right. And this is the key part of it. You can do a rehearsal if you want, but you, don't, you, you will need to have anyway the onboarding to be done before because you can't fix the microphone of someone when you have 20 other person waiting to actually do their test. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, for me personally, it was a, a little, oh, this looks different, you know, because I hadn't, I hadn't been inside the, the swap card app. In, you know, and so seeing that and having the Skype and that, you know, there were, there were a few elements, I, I you know, I, I worked it out, but for me, it was like, there was a, you know, there was a countdown, which was super helpful. Um, but yeah, it just kind of struck me that um, I know that time was an issue, but it would have been really nice to have been able to see how it was going to be in that environment. Uh, actually, this is, this is something that was um, right after Evolve. Uh, so at Epic Studio, we, we use the Lean process, uh, which is basically you do something, you implement a test, you evaluate the, the test after it was done, and then you readjust if you need to have that. Uh, we try to use that concept for everything that we do. For example, the onboarding that you add already changed for a better version of it because every time we do that, we, uh, we improve the way we do it. Yeah. And for example, when you go live, you can see as a speaker, you have the feedback of exactly what is being pushed out to the distribution platforms with a timer on it, which is your timer, your time left for your sessions. And it's like a timer when you go on stage, you have a screen with a big timer or someone at the end of the room saying like five minutes left, three minutes left, get out of the stage when you're no, too, too long. <laughs> the hook. <laughs> yeah. And so, so this is something we integrate into the onboarding as well today. So when we do the onboarding, it's like, hey, this is how it's going to look. This is your timer. When your timer arrives at the end, you should stop. And the main difference between a digital event and an in-person event, in-person event, no one will come on the stage to remove you from the stage. Right. In a digital world and production, the producer can cut you out at any time. And they speak into your ears. So you cannot say, I did not hear you or I did not saw your text because... Right. They right. will know when right. someone is talking into your ears. You will know. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, it was funny because I just took the last question and then chose to wrap because I, I could trust my own answer ending on time, but you can't always trust that someone else's will. So <laughs> um, I think that um, I ended up going pretty smoothly, which was a relief for me. All right, cool. So Damien. Um, and we kind of already talked about this, but what are, what are the biggest lessons that you learned throughout the process? Yeah, there's so many of them. So it's a bit difficult to sum up that uh, one thing that is really important for us is that we've been w- working with events for almost six years now. And that was the first time we actually organized our own event. And we should have done that from day one because we learned so much from it, so much lessons that are valuable to improve our product, to improve our service, and to be able to advise uh, organizers we work with. You're in um, your customer's shoes. 
in a way, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's, there's no better way to serve them well, you know, like if you don't. So we were working very closely with organizers, so we felt like we knew a lot about it, but actually, until you do it, you don't know everything. And so, yes, that was intense, stressful, exciting. Um, it's it's so, so difficult to come up with just one lesson or two lessons. Of course, uh, we knew about it, but uh, basically you have to prepare as much as you can. And uh, our time frame was too short and you have to uh, expect uh, the unexpected, basically like anything can happen. Uh, we learned it a bit the hard way because uh, of course there was some surprises during the event, but um, but yes, it's it's basically I don't know. It's it. I cannot sum up. Honestly, I cannot sum up. <laughs> no, you did a good job. That that works. <laughs> there's no there's no like there's no wrong wrong or right answer like that. Um, Actually, there is something that would be useful. Um, Mia, uh, which is working in our team, is currently uh, writing a long article with everything like we learned and some uh, sharing the experience behind Evolve. I think this will be published. Uh, very soon so I guess when the podcast will be out it will be already available on our blog okay. and with a detail like everything we went through like all the details I think it would be a very interesting read. Good yeah a case study like a written um, yeah uh, and from somebody who was on the planning team and on the and on the on the screen and and behind the scenes as well um, and we we talked about this uh, before we started recording but I used to work in an audiovisual production I, I used to you know so I was in video village behind you know behind the scenes and if anything ever went wrong uh, aside from my heart going into my pinky toe <laughs> because as the salesperson I had zero control over anything that was happening but at least we were there together so that's it that's it the thing about this and with everyone being on lockdown is that everyone was in their own individual offices in their own um, spaces. And so, well, I understand, did you have walkie talkies or how did you, um, you were like on radio together or how did that, how did you communicate as a team behind the scenes? Oh, that was for me. I, I thought yeah, that was for know. Daniel. I, Sorry way. for that. Either way. I, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, it wasn't a planned question. So I was just throwing it out uh, there. Perfect. Uh, so actually this is a very interesting question. Uh, the way we communicate for the production, we usually have a channel for the production. Uh, so sometimes we use uh, Google Meet, for example. Uh, we are actually moving out of meeting-based communication to intercom-based communication, which means that you can listen to multiple things at the same time, which is extremely important when you're a producer. You need right. to know what your assistant is doing. You need to know what uh, is going on on the live. You need to know all that things. Um, the intercom is more like when you hear SpaceX, for example, launching a new, um, a new rocket, they have intercom systems, which basically is broadcasted to everyone and you can choose which one you, you have in there. Not going into the technical details right. here, mm -hmm. it's just going to be easier. Yeah. Uh, the way we communicate internally for the teams, we use that system and we communicate with the client as well. And Damien was one on one of our calls, um, which is something that usually AV companies won't do. Uh, because they don't want to have the clients listening to what they have and all know all the challenge that they have. There's but usually one was, channel. There's a client yes. channel. So the client like, channels <laughs> where nothing is ever wrong, right? Or mm -hmm. everything is as smooth as ever. Um, but this is not for digital events. We believed, especially with our collaboration with Swap Cards on Evolve, was to be 
to, to show them what it's like on the back end, what it's like in the production side, because we have teams remote. We have everyone remote, like the guests are remote. Everything can happen and go wrong at any point in time. So having this channel open in listen only, basically, because you know, if someone starts speaking, this is like, where, where is this voice coming from? Um, and audio only, but that gives a lot of insight for Damia and your team. And Damia, you were on the call for the, for the three days. And that helped a lot, a lot in solving the perceptions that are going on uh, about the expectations, about uh, if something goes wrong. So like, for example, uh, we had that during Evil, like someone internet completely shut off. And we had, we had to, to do something for like five minutes before that person can, could come, come back up. It went super smooth because that person was onboarded and she knew exactly how to come back on the lives and it went flawlessly. But if you see that and you don't know what's going on, then you will start freaking out as an organizer. So this is only for uh, that purpose that this channel was created. Uh, we don't do it with every client. Uh, let's, be, uh, let's be clear about that. Uh, we did it with Swapcard because it was important for us to for us, understand where the priorities were and what is the challenges that they were facing that we had to adjust. And it was important for us to communicate to them what were our challenges within the platform and the timing to communicate to, uh, to them as well. So that was the decision channel. So basically, here, here's these challenges. You have to call the shot because you are the client. What do we decide? And then that's where this decision is made. Gotcha. And Awesome. And it's so yeah. difficult to listen to different things at the same time. Um, for me, it was kind of a first, you know, and uh, you have like the event going on. So you want to listen as well to what is being said. You have the production room and then you are discussing with your own team. For me, it like <laughs> ended, up, ended up the event with a massive headache, just trying to, <laughs> to listen to various people at the same time. Very, very challenging. I bet. Well, but it worked out well, and and then we got happy hour. That was that was really cool, actually, being able to bounce around um, between the different rooms and chat with everyone. Um, so, all right, so we're we're winding down. Uh, Issei, what was different about Evolve compared to other online experiences that you've produced? So, in terms of of producing, the main difference that we saw was mainly in, in the flow and the number of speakers. Because usually when we get, uh, we get speakers or guests into a show, um, it's not that many one after the others. Uh, this only happened in conference uh, mindset because you have like maybe like six hours nonstop of people going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you need to plan all that. And you can't delay things. And if something goes wrong, you need to make sure that you stick on timing, which is a very important part as well. So what we learned the most and what was challenging the most, I would say, uh, compared to what we usually do, which are one hour, two hour shows uh, biweekly or like three times a week, for example, which are planned. I mean, people, people prepare one hour show for like five hours at least. So, you know, like the preparation for a three day show, I mean, 15 hours of conferences, is that, is that the right stats that we, that yeah. we yeah. use? I mean, yeah. if you prepare five hour per hour of show, that's a long time and that doesn't fit in two weeks. So, so that was the main challenge. Like the timing was the challenges. Uh, on the tech side, uh, everything went smooth, uh, except if you, you know, hiccup here and there because you rely on people, internet connections, you, you rely on people, microphones, you know, like a AirPod can end up, no batteries. Like, okay, right. no, there's, there's nothing you can do. It's like, have it this prepared. Have at the onboarding, make sure like plug the battery the night before. 
don't yeah. use it for all your calls in the morning, for example. But uh, otherwise, the challenges are so various and different and complex that there's no way you can have a full process to clear each of them out. You can reduce the risk of each of them, but you right. can't clear them out. Right. Well, which is also the case on site. You yeah, technically, if you have no battery in the projector, microphone on site, right. you, don't have, you don't have a spare microphone, right. then that's it. Someone you have, have to get on the stage. projector backups. You have, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. So um, I, I think so the part of the challenge here, right, is to help everyone understand, which is part of the reason we're doing this show, um, how how it works that it, it's it's not as easy as flipping a switch first of all to go from offline to online but also so much of the elements that go into an online event go into or offline event go into an online event um, in terms of uh, preparation and, and, and production so awesome all right Damien so any other work I'm now an evolver any other evolve conferences um, in the in the works yeah, definitely. Um, it's something we're currently working on, so it's I cannot say exactly what would happen, but okay. in our plan, we really want to have something, uh, you know, coming let's say on a monthly basis if we if we can. So we, the idea would be to choose a specific topic and once a month to have one or two sessions and a few roundtables because we saw that during Evolve there was a huge success with roundtables. There were like uh, a lot of people were registering to them, and so we plan yet yeah, to to do that once a month. And of course, we also want to do another edition of Evolve. We don't know when, we don't know okay. how. We'll see, but uh, definitely. Cool. Yeah. So roundtables are awesome because, in my experience, as a as a volunteer, as an event planner, as somebody who's worked in this industry a really long time, the peer to peer can sometimes be more valuable than the than the actual you know speakers that are are um you know educating us so um so i really like that that the roundtables i try to get into are full which is fine but that speaks to the a like you said like the interest in it but also it's nice you got to keep them small otherwise yeah. people won't be heard or won't be able to ask their questions but it's not only about peer-to-peer, -peer. like we've seen discussing with attendees that a lot of them value more Q&A than the talk, you know, and mm -hmm. I think people really like the fact of being able to interact and to have a like, really concrete conversation, either with a speaker or either with another attendee. And we've seen that uh, with roundtables, with uh, speed meetings and with uh, doing Q&As. And I think... Uh, that was kind of a big challenge to us. Like we really wanted this event to be interactive. Like basically any events we work with, uh, our platform's goal is to, you know, increase interactions. Um, like you, you won't use a platform like us just to run a webinar that doesn't really make sense. Right. And so it was a way to learn from it. So we really tried to push that. And uh, of course there is still a lot of things we can uh, do to improve the experience, but uh, that was a big, big, uh, let's say, goal of the event. Yeah, crowdsourcing content, allowing the the participants to help drive um, content is a real is a is something that's that people find very valuable. So that's something to yeah think about. And I think roundtables are kind of like that, even though there's a topic um, designated topic. So, all right, we have really, I think, shared a lot of really great information about an example of uh, a well 
though short timeline <laughs> put together event. I appreciate you both very much. Can you tell us um, each what's the what's the best way that um, people can uh, get a hold of you, Damien? Um, so basically, they can reach out to me by email, Damien at swapcard.com or Twitter, LinkedIn, Damien Coubon. They will find me easily, I guess, and. Uh, yeah, I try to be as reactive as possible, even if the period is kind of crazy, but yeah. Uh, all right, perfect. And Isai? Uh, sure, you can find us at uh, epeakstudio.com, E-P-E-A-K studio.com, or Isai, I-S-A-I-E at epeakstudio.com. And I just want to give a big shout out to the Swapcard team, because that was through them that we managed to put out that effort. They, they did an awesome work, like all, all the guys behind and like Ines, Mia, Martel, Julien, like you, Damien, like without you guys, we would not have been able to run that show at Evolve as well. So that's, you know, a big shout out to you guys for that. Thanks yeah. a lot. And same, honestly, like, uh, as I said at the beginning, we've been very lucky that you've been reaching out because you made a big, big difference on Evolve. And also, of course, thanks, Megan and, and all other speakers, sorry, that joined because, uh -huh. of course, we would not have been able to do that without uh, all of you and um, yeah as I was saying before I think it can be interesting if some for listening to that episode want to know more about Evolve and about like how it went on the bike stage uh, Epic has done a case study I think it's on your website or blog and we're also publishing one so feel free to have a look at both of them if you want to get into more details yeah, and then um, in the show notes, we'll put you can still sign up and um, and yeah and experience it um, yourself. It, obviously, was, it's not live, not recorded, but you get to see how it worked and, um, yeah, and all the, the questions and answers and stuff. All the content is indeed available yeah. on demand, and uh, it can be worth it as well because we will use the same platform for the upcoming series. So yeah, right, fabulous. Well, thank you both. Uh, for for sharing your your experience with us, we really appreciate that. All right, this has been episode twelve of Inside Events, and we will catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to episode twelve. This was the final episode of season one. We look forward to many more incredible guests, topics, and experiences in the seasons to come. Be on the lookout for season two to premiere in July. Until then, take care and be well. Tweet at us with the hashtag InsideEvents and be sure to subscribe to get each episode as they drop.